Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection, and we have a special treat, and I mean that uh, in the most sincere way. Um, I have developed um, the highest respect and, and I think friendship now with uh, our guest today. Tom Chapman is the Executive Director of the Iowa Catholic Conference. Tom, welcome to our studio. Explain to our listeners what the Iowa Catholic Conference is and maybe how you and I have worked together. Sure, the Iowa Catholic Conference is the public policy group for the Catholic bishops of Iowa. So there's four bishops in Iowa and I work for them. And so we're at the Capitol pretty much every day working on the things you might expect us to work on. We work on pro-life issues, work on education issues that have to do with Catholic schools, family issues, and then we have a special concern as we all do for the poor. Yeah. So you've been at the Capitol about how long now? Well, this is my 17th session. 17th. So um, I've been there 33 years, and I feel a little bit like Larry Bird when Michael Jordan came into the league. I was there for several years before Tom got there, and within a year or two, he had eclipsed. Any- uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, uh, I've told you this, Tom, to your face several times. I've told your bosses this several times. Um, I consider you to be the best lobbyist at the Capitol. Oh, 100%, uh, and, and I say that factually. Uh, you you work super hard. You're on top of the issues. When I don't know what's going on with the bill, I often come to you and, and uh, burden you <laughs> with, with my ignorance. Um, and you've got an irenic or, or, or calming, uh, gracious spirit. I, I think you've got the Holy Spirit working for you. And so uh, your relationships, your, your acumen, you, you understand which legislators listen to which arguments and which ones don't, and you have to do something different. Uh, you count votes well. Uh, <laughs> and, and so just, just want to applaud you. I have literally told your bosses to their face that they should double your salary. I don't know what your salary is, Yeah, but, yeah. but they should double it. <laughs> well, I'm all for that. You know, I, but then again, whenever anything comes up, I say, I'll do it for half, you know, too. So when you see government spending so much money on some of the different things, it gets to be a little crazy. Isn't but, it crazy? Yeah. And, and I sense, Tom, that you're doing it. Uh, all for the right reasons, all joking aside about money, that you care deeply about God and, and people. I, you know, I'm the luckiest guy in the state, and I honestly believe that because I get to work every day for, for things that are very important to me. Yeah. You know, uh, my faith is very important to me. Uh, what the bishops have to say in society, along with the work we do with the family leader, society needs to hear that, you know, and it needs to be a part of our public policy. Um, and to help our society and to help people thrive. And so I feel very fortunate I get to do what I do every day and be at the Capitol and try to stand up for these things. It, it, it is gratifying, isn't it, to, to speak truth to power. Even sometimes, uh, you and I have experienced this uh, dozens of times over the last 17 plus years. Um, sometimes we're the only voice for what I would call common sense Christian values in a subcommittee. And, and yet you uh, are fearless. You, you never back down from that. And I just appreciate that about you. I, someday I want to grow up to be like you. Tom. Oh, well, I, I appreciate the work you do. And you guys uh, take a lot of hits, you know, from some people, obviously, for the work that you do and having the perspective you had. And I, I appreciate the partnership that we've had over the years on these things. And sometimes you just have to say what needs to be said. And uh, 
ultimately God's going to win. I mean, that's the yeah. thing that as a part of my faith that helps keep me going up there is we know this is going to work out okay in the end. But in the meantime, you know, people can get hurt by what happens, you know, and I think it's important for us to keep talking about those things, bringing that perspective. And, you know, I basically, I also have, um, I would say it's the good thing that's about the Iowa Catholic conferences. I don't have to really be responsible to a lot of membership or a lot of other groups. I have to be responsible to the four bishops. And I am so grateful for their support because they um, have backed us 100% on what we're doing. And that makes it easy for me to do what I do. Well, that's very well said. And, and you mentioned the word partnership with the family leader and with other groups like Iowans for Life, now Pulse Life Advocates with Iowa Right to Life. We really have developed uh, a pretty solid uh, partnership and also some great friendships. You want to just share a little bit about the Coalition of Pro-Life Leaders and and your and our role in that. Yeah, and certainly, you know, we're uh, going to those meetings and participating in the work of the coalition and very um, happy that you've allowed us to participate in that. You know, that's been great for us. Uh, you know, so many good uh, groups in Iowa, you know, Iowa Right to Life, Pulse Life Iowa, the family leader, all of us working together. And I really appreciate that group because we come together in prayer often, but we also come together and we can be truthful with each other from where our organizations are headed and what we see coming up. And then somehow it's all able to come together and we can work together on these issues. That is not all that common in this country, That's as right. I'm sure you know. Yeah. Um, I look at what happens with other states and Catholic conferences and other pro-life groups and evangelical groups, and it doesn't always work as well as it works here in Iowa. And I think part of that is because we have a commitment that we're just going to be with each other and allow each other to be who we are and work together where we can. I mean, I got a call from another state just a week ago asking me, well, how, how do you guys all work together with the right to life groups and the family groups, how does it work? And we're in a much better spot than some other states are. And some of it is frankly, you know, from our perspective, you know, Catholic bishops aren't always that excited necessarily in working with other groups, not just, you know, evangelical groups, but any groups, you know, yeah, yeah. we kind of come at it that we have all the answers and, you know, we don't always. And I think we need to be humble with that. So I'm just grateful for the partnership we've had with that group. and you know, uh, working together on the upcoming March for Life in June, for example. Yeah, isn't, isn't it a beautiful thing? I mean, just the, the friendships and the trust that we've established. Um, as I recall, um, there was a split among a couple of pro-life groups in Iowa, I think way back in the 70s. And uh, there was some feuding and just some, some division, and, and it was sad. And I think it was especially sad for the babies because it's hard to get traction at the Capitol when the lobby who's supposedly sure. supporting the babies is not unified. And then about seven years ago uh, in Iowa, that was healed. Uh, and now we're just, it, I, honest to God, I, I kind of pinch myself that we get along as well as we do. I do hear stories from other states. I hear stories from the past here in Iowa, and and we are so blessed. And not to open a can of worms, we, we usually keep this podcast to 20 minutes or so. We could talk for 20 hours on the history of uh, Catholicism and Protestantism and the and the sad you know divides and recriminations and all that, 
But it seems to me like since I got involved 40-some years ago uh, in the pro-life movement, that pro, genuinely pro-life activists of the Catholic or non-Catholic stripe have found a way to work together more and more and more. And we do, we have a common interest in saving innocent human lives. And, and I think that's been part, maybe part of the healing. I think so. And it's been gratifying to see, yeah. I mean, compared to where it was even 50 or 60 years ago to today, um, I think there's been some changes. And the realization that we all have to work together on this issue yeah. or we will not succeed. You know, there are too many forces out there that um, are working um, not in favor of life, shall we say, um, other spiritual forces out there. And the way that we can stick together and work on this, I think, is going to be the most successful for people. And you look at where, you know, a lot of people never thought Roe v. Wade would go down, you know, and it did. And it was because of the diligence. And so often in society, um, any, even at the state capitol, the people who are most diligent and just keep working on it and working on their principles eventually will succeed. You know, uh, that's so well put. That reminds me of something my wife has reminded me of several times. And I, I want to preface my wife's comments this way. There may be one or two or three listeners to this podcast who have concerns about Catholic theology. Okay. I'm just going to say what my wife has said to me over and over. And she, she was raised in a Presbyterian church. She goes to a, a non-denominational Christian church now. She, she doesn't profess to be a, a Catholic. But she has reminded me numerous times over the last 40 years of our marriage that it was the Catholics who held the line on life, on marriage, on other things, as even many Protestant denominations were dropping the ball or worse. And uh, I remember reading about the 1973 decision and what was happening right around there. And as I understand it, the Catholic Church never went woke, never, never went pro-abortion, but a whole bunch of Protestant denominations did. And so thank you, pass, pass my thanks on to the bishops uh, for, for never wavering in your commitment. Uh, to the sanctity of, of life and of marriage. Well, thank you, and I will pass that on. And, you know, I think we can reinforce each other with that, you know, as yeah. time goes forward on this and other issues, too. So let's talk about some specifics. Um, Tom, what's been going on in your slash our world with the life issue the last few months or couple of years? Well, I would say it's uh, we've had so many court cases in Iowa that's really kind of made for an interesting and difficult situation in terms of getting legislation passed. Yep. For many years after Iowa repealed its uh, abortion prohibition, I think it was probably in 77 after Roe v. Wade, for many years abortion was totally unlimited in Iowa. And then finally a few years ago we had the conversations with your help and many other groups and a 20-week bill was put into place, and that's still in force in Iowa, so there is that prohibition. Um, obviously, from our perspective, I think we'd like to limit abortion to the extent that is possible in the law. So a heartbeat bill was passed a couple of years ago that was enjoined in the court system, and now that's back at the Iowa Supreme Court. And so while that's happening, we found this year the governor and legislative leaders really have not wanted to address the issue directly of abortion prohibition. So I think that's disappointing to a lot of us. 
um, but it has provided an opportunity for us to, there was a bill that was introduced that would protect life from the moment uh, it started. That's been a great platform to talk with legislators and kind of see where they're at. Um, but it has been disappointing that there hasn't been any movement really on anything specifically on that issue. Um, legislature looks like they're going to put some more money into the Iowa Moms program, which will go through pregnancy uh, resource centers, which will help moms and families. And we're very happy about that, getting that program off the ground. The state's going to do some good work on that. But um, we're kind of in an in-between place right now until we see that Supreme Court decision, hopefully this summer. And then we'll have a lot of work to do in the interim, you know, this summer and this fall and see where we're at um, going forward into 2024. It's well said. It's a good summary. Um, as most of our listeners know, there's two Supreme Courts that we've had to deal with. Uh, SCOTUS, or the Supreme Court of the United States, and SCOI, Supreme Court of Iowa. Um, and even though we had a great decision in the Dobbs case last June uh, at the Supreme, U.S. Supreme Court level, we, we had a pretty good but not great decision at the Iowa Supreme Court. Basically, it put us back another year. So we are expecting, um, listeners, we are expecting an Iowa Supreme Court decision by the end of June, which might allow the legislature to forcefully, clearly protect babies at heartbeat or ideally from the moment of conception. So as Tom said, we've been working really hard to find out what's the strongest protections that we think we can get the votes for in this current General Assembly or this current biennium, the, these legislators who have been elected for two years. Um, and Tom, I'm sort of encouraged. I, I've talked to 70-some legislators, and you've talked to probably more than that, and then we've had other groups come up and talk to a few legislators. And I'm thinking we might have a shot at life at conception in the House. I think we're right at 49 mm -hmm. or 50. We need 51, and, and there's several who are kind of on the bubble or won't commit. Waiting to see. Waiting yeah. to see. Yeah. So that, that bodes pretty well for the House, especially if the governor were to uh, exert some influence and persuasion. Uh, the Senate might be not quite that close, but uh, if you get the governor and the House talking about saving babies, then the Senate's going to have a lot of spotlight on it. And who knows, we might be able to get there in the Senate. So anyway, uh, I'd encourage our listeners to pray and to communicate with your legislators and to uh, continue to hope for the best. And we will be praying for that Supreme Court decision. Uh, those judges, uh, Ryan Benz on the podcast with us, Ryan worked at the Iowa Supreme Court um, for a year. Ryan, just give us your best kind of inside baseball, what you think's going on on April 28th before a possible June publication of a decision. Yeah, well, I can tell you someone in that building, in the Iowa Supreme Court building, is working on this opinion right now. So they're they're working on it. They're thinking about it. They've already discussed it. They, they think they know what they're going to do. Um, I imagine a draft opinion is about to come out, and they're going to discuss it some more. So definitely, definitely be praying for those judges. Um, the oral argument we went to was was really positive. I, <laughs> I I was very happily surprised with how well that went. We got some good uh, 
some good vibes from the judges. So it's, it's looking good, but definitely uh, keep praying anything can happen. Super. Well, um, let's turn the corner a little bit and talk uh, briefly. Rebecca, you have worked with Tom and with his sidekick, Sarah 80, a lot on a a mom's bill. Just give us a brief update where, where you see we are on that. Yeah, House and Senate budgets have dropped Senate passed their HHS, so their Health and Human Services budget, yesterday. And Moms has a million dollars. Some senators claim 1.5 because they carried over the original 500000 that they allocated last year. But, okay, fine, whatever. They want to claim 1.5. Makes them feel good. So we'll let them, we'll let them claim it. Um, but So not the increase we were hoping for, but it, it's an increase. And we we're we'll hoping, take it and keep fighting. We are hoping for $2 million. Well, I was hoping for five. You were hoping I might for have five. been spitballing that <laughs> okay. one. <laughs> well, two million was the governor's um, request. Two so. million was a request, which is a really a healthy bump from mm-hmm. yeah. from a year ago. Is that a pun? What's that? Healthy bump. Was that was that a pun? Very good job. And and so yeah, we're a little disappointed, but the mom's effort has not been sidelined it's not been just uh what do you call that where you tread water but it's actually moving forward and what do you tom you and or rebecca what do you anticipate good could come from the mom's activity in the next six months or year what 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 do you think could happen well i mean our goal is to make sure that a woman never has to make a choice about her future um, that would be a negative one. You know, no reason to think that she wouldn't have the support she needs, hopefully from her family first, but then if they're, you know, the state can intervene in some way through the pregnancy counseling centers, that's the hope. You know, that's, we want to help build the culture and build that decision-making in there that no one would, you know, be afraid of having a child. And so that's where I hope it goes. Super. Yeah, I, would, I would echo those that 100%. Okay. You know, I know a couple of gals who don't have family, literally. They, they, their, their extended family is either dead or, or in prison. And, and so these pregnancy resource centers and, and churches uh, really do need to be there for some of these gals that are in a crisis. Um, all right, let's come around the last bend and let's end on a really high note. Tom, you have worked so hard for years. We we honored you the other night with an award uh, for your working in the trenches and 16 and a half years of disappointment on trying to get more school choice. Tell us just a little bit about that and about what happened in January this year and where we go from here. Well, the legislature passed what will be a universal education savings account program uh, starting in 2025, but about 30 or 40 percent of students will start to qualify this fall. And so what that does, it's a state-funded savings account for people to use that on non-public school tuition. So that's uh, between the Catholic and Christian schools, basically in the state of Iowa. We've been working on this for more than a decade. Um, it's gotten a little farther, you know, every General Assembly. But we're very excited that the governor took this as one of her top priorities and really helped get it through. Family Leader had a part of that in, in terms of some of the political mm-hmm. intervention in primaries, which got some of the naysayers out of the legislature. So this is... Honestly, I think it's one of the most compassionate things that the legislature has done for families in a long time. 
Um, it's an enabling uh, a way which I think is, you know, Christian schools and Catholic schools are very much poverty fighting programs, I think, if students attend those. Um, outcomes are very good for students academically. I think it's a great program for the state. Coming in this fall and really appreciate your guys' support and the support of many others that came along the way to get this done. It took a lot of people um, to get it over the finish line. And I do connect this to the life issue in the sense that we are going to make progress on the life issue like we made progress with this. We need to keep putting it forward, keep asking for everything that we want. And in the final analysis, you're going to take the same amount of hits and criticism for doing the right thing at its base level versus doing a little thing. So you might as well do the right thing. Amen. This was a tremendous win, and I, I can't applaud you and Eric Gornson and, and uh, Jake uh, Hi, Phil, and, and, and just everybody, Amy Sinclair, everybody, the, and the governor, I can't thank you enough. Um, my 10 children have mostly been through home and private school, and it's not going to help my wife and me, but uh, I can tell you what a struggle it was. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to help some people make the right decision who just, frankly, don't have as much... Uh, opportunity as my wife and I did. We both came from very solid families who helped us financially when we were raising little kids and, and we scraped by, but there's some that just are going to need this in order to be able to make that option work. So I'm just praising God and, and thanking you. So thanks so much. Um, thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again. And uh, just if, if you happen to... Uh, come to the Capitol. I want to introduce you to Tom. He's he's absolutely one of the best. And I just uh, just appreciate your example and your results. So God bless you, Tom. And thanks for listening to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.